Better work presentations are possible. They're called Canva presentations. You can supercharge your work decks with Canva presentations. Sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Just start with a prompt and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides in seconds or with a stunning template and add images, graphics, charts, and data visualizations from their massive media library. You save time and you wow your audience. Mm -hmm. I have never made one of these presentations and I never will, but there's a reason why Canva (laughs) is used by 90% of the Fortune 500 companies. 90%. That's a lot of percent. Yeah, let's get it to 100%, guys. Come on. Nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations by heading to canva.com. Designed for work. Are you struggling to lower your bad LDL cholesterol, even though you may be taking a statin, swapping steaks for salads, and exercising while listening to this podcast? Ask your doctor if Repatha Evolocumab is right for you. With Repatha, you can dramatically reduce bad cholesterol and the risk of another heart attack while enjoying life, too, because you're human. And with convenient self-administration, you can take Repatha in the comfort of your own home. Do not take Repatha if you're allergic to it. Repatha can cause serious allergic reactions. Signs include trouble breathing or swallowing, or swelling of the face. Most common side effects include runny nose, sore throat, common cold symptoms, flu or flu-like symptoms, back pain, high blood sugar and redness, pain, or bruising at the injection site. Visit Repatha.com or call 1-844-REPATHA. Talk to your doctor today about Repatha. Hi, my name is Stephen Yun, and I feel... ecstatic about being Conan O'Brien. Okay, friend. I don't buy it. There was such a long pause. And it's I saw because you because I had to process the word ecstatic mm-hmm. to mean it. <laughs> Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walk in blues, climb the fence, books and pens. Hey there, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I am joined, as always, by my compatriots, my boon companions. I never understood what that meant, boon companion. I don't companion. know what that means. I've yeah. never heard that It was a, something, it was a saying that you'd hear in the olden days. He's my boon companion. I used that on this show early on, and you gave me hell for it. That's right. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm, I'm, I'm was doing it in a mocking way to, I've never forget a Gorley diss. <laughs> and so, uh, but I'm joined, of course, by Matt Gorley and Sonam of Sessian. Yes, yes, you are. And um, so I'm not sure if you, <laughs> you don't quite add to the equation, you may detract, but still it's something. And that's important. No, she's the secret sauce. No, I think yes. you are. Well, I'm not. I, I'm, we've covered this. I'm the, the just bland no, base. No, you're not. You're so funny, Matt. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. so on, t- on your toes. Yeah, you're, you're so good. It's all survival. It's all survival. I mean, no, can we I agree mean that it. you and I are the important part? Yeah. That's yes. what we're getting. Yeah, yeah. yeah let's be yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah. I say we, what is clear is we may never know what makes Conan O'Brien needs a friend such a successful podcast. We just may never know. I'm glad you finally realized that. Yeah, uh, I had, on the subject of our podcast, kind of a fun experience, which is uh, a couple days ago, I went uh, and, and visited my in-laws up on Bainbridge Island in, uh, in Seattle. Mm. So I went to Seattle, and then you get on a ferry and you go over to Bainbridge Island, 
and there was a gathering there and I attended with my wife and kids and we had a lovely time. And then you drive back the other direction and you get back on the ferry to go back to Seattle. We're waiting in line and I get out to kind of just stretch my legs and because we're waiting on the ferry and sitting in our car, our cramped rental car. (laughs) Nice dig. Well, I'm sorry. It was, it was a little. You know what it was? It's a perfectly. I'm not going to name the car. It was a perfectly fine car, but I, as you know, I have freakishly long legs, yeah. right. and not the most generous interior on this car. Mm. It's very hard to rent a Bugatti, and oh, um, Jesus. And so, wow. no, this is a, this was a uh, an American car that was a little cramped up front. And so I get out and I'm stretching my legs and these people in the car next to me recognize me and they're very excited, which is nice. And their windows are down and they go, this is so weird. And I said, what? And they said, we listened to the podcast on this commute back and forth to Bainbridge Island all the time. And here you are. And, you know, I was half leaning into their car, invading their space. Sounds yeah. Because I'm a needy person, and I really wanted to get my head all in their car and be like, oh, how are you? And um, <laughs> You Nixoned them? I Nixoned them. I gave them the old Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> That's Nixon motorboating a woman. Oh. I, I couldn't. I am no, not a crook. Oh. I could have gone my whole life Anywho, without that. Uh, I haven't life. lived till I've heard that. So on the I other that I can't. I leaned. You know, I was, I'm talking to them, and it just was so funny because I, I, it just tickled my fancy that here are people who they do this commute a lot. And can you imagine if you're commute every day and you you like this podcast, so you're listening to it. And you, it's your part of your regular diet. And then the next yeah. thing you know, I'm sticking my head in your window. It's like yeah. they summoned you. Yes, exactly. It was like the conjuring. And so it got me thinking that I should make it. I want to pledge to people out there who listen to this on a commute. There's a decent chance <laughs> you will encounter me while you're in your car. And I will stick my head in the window. Yeah. The more you listen, the more that is likely. Yes. And... Um, it'll be kind of like, you know, when you hear sometimes about someone who hits a deer with their car and the, the deer gets partially through the windshield and then the deer starts thrashing. That's me. If I know you've been listening to the podcast and I encounter you and I stick my head in, I may become wild and start thrashing. Oh, man. Yeah. And then you've got to just put me out of my misery as quickly as possible. Do you ever get upset that people mention the podcast but don't mention that 28 years you were on television? <laughs> you know what's so funny? I don't. Really? Yeah. You'd think I would. Um, um, I think if someone went way out of their way to say, I love this podcast, what were you doing before? <laughs> that would... Well, it means they're keeping up with you. That's a good but sign. But I'm telling you, I have, yeah. I have you know, uh, it doesn't happen a lot, but there are still times when I encounter someone and they go like, oh my God, Conan O'Brien, I just love what you did on The Simpsons. Oh. And I'll say, oh, that's great. And they sometimes almost look like they don't know what happened after that. Yeah. And I, so... I'm happy if anyone likes anything I did. If someone says that that uh, crocheted potholder you made for Mrs. Gaines in the fifth grade was just killer, I'll take it. So I'm just happy that people like it. But um, it did get me interested in, oh, right, people listen. A lot of people listen to podcasts while they're commuting. Yes. And I just want you to know if you're commuting right now. Yeah. Or if you're in your car and you're listening. Look in your back seat. Look in the back yeah. seat. And I'm, there's a, I'm going to say there's an 11% chance I will rise up behind you. You'll see me in the rearview mirror. Oh, God. And I'll give you the old Nixon no, motorboat. No! Come here, Pat. Come here, Pat. No, 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 no. Dick, no. 
get in those boobies here. Hold them in, Ehrlichman. Get in here. He's motorboating those guys, too? No, he wants them to watch. He oh. wants Haldeman and Ehrlichman to watch him motorboat Pat. Got this it. is what was on the missing portion of the Watergate tapes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that, he wasn't worried about being caught when he... Was, when they when, <laughs> when they suspected him of having his assistant, Rosemary Woods, delete the crucial 18 minutes, <laughs> little floor he wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't him worried about being caught orchestrating the break-in or the cover-up of the Watergate. It was the 18 minutes of him motorboarding Pat. How about the old five o'clock shadow grow out a little bit? No! A little friction there. No! You got the old peace signs in the air. No! Oh, the shadow. Yep. It's just going to hurt. No, just if you grow it out just a little bit. It's, it's a little an exfoliant. bit exfoliant. Yeah, it's an exfoliant. Yeah. Come here. Oh, you lose your loofah? Come here. Take off your top. Please, Mr. President. If you don't have a loofah, take off your top. I'm going to give you the breasts of a 20 year old. Yeah. I'm going to loof you up real good. Give her the old Dick Nixon a motorboat. No, checkers, don't go in there. <laughs> All right, we got to get. All right. Yes, it's less that we have to start the episode. It's more that we have to end this. I don't yes. think our, our guest has probably left. My guest today, uh, of course, played Glenn on the hit AMC series, The Walking Dead. He also starred in the Oscar-nominated film, Minari. And now you can see him in Jordan Peele's latest movie, Nope. Uh, I, I love this guy, and I'm thrilled he's with us today. Stephen Young, welcome. I'll say it up front. I adore you and, oh, man, uh, in every way that one man can adore another. Same. I was just thrilled that you were coming in today and that we were going to get to talk. Thank you. you. Know? It's, uh, it always does me well. It does. Know, to have Stephen in my life, to have some Stephen time yeah. just does me well. That's too kind. It's always great with you too. Yeah. yeah I, I I mean, before, I, that's the thing is like, if you open the floodgates for me, I'll just gush. So I'll just keep it tempered. But I feel the same. And I think for me, what I've really appreciated is you've always allowed space for me to grow the structure that you do have like mm-hmm. you have a you have you you have your show you have kind of uh, I don't want to call it an institution but you, but yeah like you've built a thing in which people come and maybe feel like they have to conform to the thing but right, you've right. always allowed me to show up over time in different stages of my own life. Well, it's I funny. That. I mean, it was it it just happens naturally. I think uh, with you because you have so many different facets. I mean, when we you would first come on uh, as oh you're you know it's yeah. Stephen from The Walking Dead. Yeah. It's this huge show, and you'd come on, but it was so clear to me right away that there's so many facets to you. Which you've shown over time, but when I first got to know you, it was, well, this is a former Second City guy Mm, mm. uh, who probably was interested in sketch comedy and then got into very quickly when you came out to L.A., you got that Walking Dead gig, right? So quick. Like within a matter of months. Yeah. Literally in like half, six months, I got got that. Did you have any disappointment before you got that gig? I did. I had, um, I I was out for pilot season and I had auditioned for this... uh, network pilot that I got to the last stage it was me and this other guy and I didn't get it and I was like 
decimated that day. I was, I, I they've told this story, but like I was eating at an IHOP by myself and like, well, that's, first little, of all, that's a tr sign of trouble right away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's up there with drinking alone. Yeah. You can't that's go to an IHOP alone. And not by yourself. <laughs> Give me all the pancakes. <laughs> all of them. It was, it was. Mr. Young, please. All of them. It was not great. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I, I got a phone call there saying I didn't get it. I thought it was done. And then, you know, two months later, the thing that I couldn't have gotten if I had gotten yes. the original thing. Yeah. So I don't know. I've, after, after that, I just stopped. I mean, I, I still bug out, but I stopped like forcing it. These disappointments that you hit along the way, and I you know, believe I've said this, but I was convinced it was my destiny to be a writer for Late Night with David Letterman. Like my, like mm. that is the key, mm. I, you know, and it, it almost feels like Lord of the Rings. If I don't, I need to cross that bridge to get to the other side. I'm just trying to pull Gorley in. I need to cross that bridge. <laughs> and, I love bridges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hates uh, all Tolkien and uh, Lord of the Rings. But any kind of bridge talk, he's Loves into. Bridges. Oh man. We'll talk, we, we talked for an hour about the Triborough the other day. Are we doing suspensions next week? Yeah, yeah we are. We'll, okay. get to it. we'll get to it, that's I'm next sorry, week. Just excited it's next week <laughs> it's next week right. and i have the specs you asked for thank you um but no it it felt like the only way to get to the magic land is i i need to uh, be doing for dave what um you know i need to be a writer on that show and i need to do some performing on that show and that's i just felt that that was the thing that had to happen mm. and when it didn't happen i thought well that's it now, if I later on helicopter out, I call it Google Earth, if you mm. pull way out and look at your whole life, if that had happened, I would not have worked for Lorne Michaels, who would not have noticed me and thought, hmm, maybe that idiot could run, uh, could be a talk show host. None of that would have ever happened if the thing I wanted it, you know, and uh, to happen, happened. So mm. I wouldn't change a thing. And that includes a lot of missteps and disasters along the way. But people need to know that. They need to know that. Because in that moment when you're sitting in an eye, hop yeah and you get that call yeah and you just look at the the waitress and go like more <laughs> more syrup yeah, yeah. <laughs> wait i go this. to an ihop alone every morning what am i doing wrong <laughs> well, you're doing right okay no no, no. you're, you're doing right. you're right. doing you okay. that's you all right it's not sad when you do it yeah okay. yeah okay for me it's a celebration to go to ihop alone <laughs> well, well now you have twins oh yeah, yeah. So anything going, alone going anywhere alone yeah. i mean yeah. you've been through this you have two young yeah, kids yeah 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 uh and i am no longer in that boat my kids are are teenagers but when they were little if someone said we have an iron maiden here you know <laughs> we're gonna lock you in it uh, and spikes are gonna go into your flesh i would say would i be alone <laughs> well yeah so my my kids wouldn't be with me no okay Clang. mr brian we're supposed to lock you in it you're not supposed to jump into it and shut it behind I said no calls. <laughs> I said no calls. <laughs> but yeah, I that's uh, uh, it, it, well. What you were saying earlier too, kind of, I've been thinking a lot about, or constantly reminded of, of not just you can't control things, but also um, you can't take the thing that brought you to that point with you when you want to go to the new place. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, what I just said. Well, it, yes, it does to me to look at your situation where I think just months, five months after mm. getting to L.A., you're cast mm. 
uh, in Walking Dead, which then becomes one of the most popular TV shows, uh, you know, on television, and is this huge uh, success. And you're a ma you know major. Your character is a big part of it, and you're there for five seasons, seven seasons. No, I liked five. Yeah, five is good. Five is clean. Five is a cleaner number. Than you just yeah. mean it's six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to just Let's do six and it. call it? No, like, no, no, no. I watched one. I looked, the show was great all the way through, but I thought you phoned it in for two. And I yeah, 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 two. The last two were really just uh, yeah. I you, agree. you could actually see you look into the lens you'd shoot the lens and you'd just, shake your head like of, yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's coming guys <laughs> no but um you you must have you get the word that okay here's what's happening to your character yeah which i imagine maybe felt somewhat like your ihop moment yeah. <laughs> by the way ihop will no longer <laughs> they'll no longer buy ads with us an ihop moment is now considered a career failure <laughs> Or the beginning of something great. Hey! Let's spin it. Let's spin yeah. it. This Let's get you guys some IHOP. Yeah. yeah. You might be yeah. underestimating how many listeners are alone in an IHOP listening right now. <laughs> Listen, know. if you're there right now, I apologize. <laughs> Mix the coconut and the blueberry syrups. You won't be disappointed. Um, well, you know what's so funny? I was on a hike literally yesterday, and I got stopped by these two, two dudes that were like, oh, hey, you look like Glenn. And I was like, yeah, I... I, I was on the show and then they go, Hey, did they kill you off? Or like, did you want to leave? And they gave me like two options of like, did they force you out or did you want to leave? And I was like, it's not like that. Like, and, and, and I was with my children and they were like mm -hmm. really trying to get to the meat of like, was I pushed out or not? And for me, I'm like, I don't have time to explain this to you first <laughs> off because I have two children. We got to go home. It's right. sweltering. It's a right. hike. But also I was, tr I was trying to, I, I didn't know how to succinctly say like, sometimes you just accept what it is yeah. and you just go with it. Like yeah. there's no tension behind right. any of those things. Like when someone presents to you after five, six seasons on a show and they go, Hey, looks like this is the end for you. And also with the added like bonus of me having a comic book issue come out two years prior that says I'm done. Right. You, you go like, okay, like, am I scared? Am I kind of worried about what's coming? Like perhaps, but also, okay. Like that's right. just what that is. Like, I'm not going to go like kicking and screaming. It's but also I, to the point of what you brought up before, which is you can't bring it with you. Mm. You made this I don't know if it was a conscious decision, but somehow you knew, okay, I'm leaving this experience and I'm not going to try and replicate it, duplicate it. I'm not going to try and find this someplace else and keep it going. Yeah. It's time to change it up. Yeah. And, and I don't even know if it's that conscious. I just think it's like manifest for me as like my police voice in my head says, if you do it again, you're a hack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I just... Don't do it again. That's, I can't. I, I cringe at the at for me personally. Right. Also, it's not like your character could have come back. They made it so clear. The the way in which you departed that show was so unbelievably mm. brutal. One of the most shocking things I've seen on television, and yeah. uh, I'm including my own early work. Uh, <laughs> 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 93, 94. So good. Uh, so but good. no, but like but I was just I, I you know, it was not like 
Glenn could come back and go, no. I've got a terrible headache. Yeah. And my eyes knocked out, but I think I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> so. and that's it too. Like those are the, those are the blessings that I feel like I've gotten in my life, which is like an absolute door shut. Yep. Like there's not like, there's not like a crack in the door. It's like, this is slammed shut and it's like barricaded. You can't come back in. What are you going to do? You're going to like partition outside the door like they're not going to open it i have to say because you and i have been friendly and know each other and i really like you uh i got i will admit the actor who plays negan who killed you mm-hmm. with the baseball bat yeah jeffrey dean morgan yeah jeffrey dean morgan he um he came on our shows at comic-con and I swear to God, it took it was an effort for me to not have attitude. <laughs> and I'm an, I'm, an, I'm an adult. I'm I am an you know rapidly aging adult who understand who's in show business and understands. I had a little bit of trouble. Mm. Like you fucker, <laughs> so you killed Jeffrey, my friend. Man. And, uh, <laughs> and it was just it was in there a little bit. I think I cut him off a few times on his anecdotes, <laughs> or I read the notes and read Finish ahead to what sentences. joke he was gonna do. And got there first. Yeah. Yeah, more like a grapefruit, right? <laughs> what? Well, that's all the time we have for this asshole. Murderer. Uh, why don't you get your bat and get the fuck out of here? Oh, God. A friend yeah. killer. Oh God. He had such a hard gig yeah. to, like, show up, displace the foundation yep, of yep, the yep, show yep. and then like continue on. Yeah. They didn't stick around. <laughs> yeah. Like be there. <laughs> now let's show the lighter side of Negan. Yeah. Um, wild. Home isn't just a place. It's a state of mind. Like curling up in a comfy chair as you watch the world go by. Good afternoon. Which is why at Delta, our people do our best to make you feel at home long before you get there. Delta, keep climbing. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... I got the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh, hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Do you know someone struggling to figure out their mental health benefits? The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office is here to help. Find us at insurance.ohio.gov slash G-E-T-M-H-I-A or call us at 855-438-6442. Don't wait. The Mental Health Insurance Assistance Office can help you figure out what mental health insurance benefits may be in their plan. Call us today at 855-438-6442. this theory that I actually got from my father um, who has many disreputable theories which we'll talk about on another show uh, I'm all about those yeah um, but my my father when I was a kid he explained to me once he thought that it's really good when kids don't quite know where they fit if a kid is too secure in mm. their environment they grew up maybe too self-satisfied Whereas if there's a little bit of uh, questioning, and I don't think he was intentionally trying to make this happen, but he just sort of knew. I grew up not quite knowing, what are we? Are we, we're doing pretty well, but are we middle class? Do we, we have a really shitty car. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. yeah. But we're in a nice house. Yeah. But I'm Irish, but I don't play hockey like all the other (laughs) kids who are Irish Catholic. And they kind of don't like me. Mm. And uh, Mm. 
Jewish kids really like mm. me. I don't quite, I'm not an athlete. I don't quite know where I fit in to my environment, but I think my dad might've had a point about that. And when I think about your life, I think whatever discomfort I may have had, I think for you might've been like to the third power because you were, first of all, you, you're born mm. in South Korea. Mm -hmm. When did your parents emigrate? We emigrated uh, 88. Right. Yeah. Like um, we, my dad was so impatient. Uh, he should have just waited. He owned a home in Seoul. He was doing well for himself as an architect mm -hmm. and he just wanted to leave so bad. Mm. My mom was like, wait till the Olympics. Maybe the housing value will go up and then you can have some money to move over here. And he was like, nope, getting out of here. Right. And we just jumped on a plane, went to Canada and we're here now. And how that, long were you in Canada before you? A year. And then yeah. you came to, went to Michigan? Where went to Michigan, yeah. But I think the key component of all of this is that my parents didn't explain anything. Right. Like I, I recently, once I had my kids, I, I was talking to my dad, who's the sweetest man, mm -hmm. but he, uh, he was just like talking about my son while he was standing there. Mm -hmm. he, my son is like two or three at the time. And he was like, oh, he doesn't know. And I'm like, he knows. <laughs> he's, he's taking in everything you're pointing out. Like he might not be able to conceptually understand it and speak to you about it, but like he feels everything. And it made me understand. I was like, oh, you, you didn't explain anything. <laughs> when we, like you literally took like safety and then displaced it and didn't explain anything. And that's a huge move for someone at such move. a young age to be hurled over into Canada and then make your way down to Michigan. Yeah. You're part of this completely different culture. Yeah. Uh, and did your, were your parents fluent in English? No. And that's the thing too, is that like the, the dark, like the dark part of it that takes a while is like first you're displaced and then there's this slow separation from your parents over years. Cause I get more ingratiated into this place yeah. and they're still like stuck where they're at. Well, you have some of that sona, right? Oh, everything yeah, you're right? saying, I'm totally, because I agree your, with. your parents came to, from Armenia to. Well, they came from Istanbul. Istanbul. Both okay. of them did. Yeah. My, my dad came in the sixties. My mom came in the seventies. They got married here, had both me and my dad, brother here, but they're still very, I mean, when you, when your mm. parents immigrated here, they probably went towards where other Koreans were, mm -hmm. which is what my family did with Armenians. And mm -hmm. so, you know, it's the yeah. exact same thing. You, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, how much do you assimilate? How much do you stay true to who you are? And it's, it's And hard. what feels like a betrayal. Yes. Is it a betrayal that you became so, you know, you're such a, some of your values are probably very different from your parents. Very different. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. 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 Total lack of morality. Okay, anyway. Well, <laughs> well, seriously, whatever. It's just different. It's just different. I feel it. I feel yeah. it. Well, I, I think like, you know, like when we talk about them, they do feel intense, especially these days when we're putting spotlight on these things. But I think what's really great that it feels like we're coming to is like these stories of isolation or feeling abandonment or separation are universal and um, also so American in some weird way. Like yeah. I feel, um, every time I lead with, or if I lead with this story of like my immigration, mm -hmm. young trauma, um, I realize that like kind of really deeply connects with everybody. It's like, oh, I felt majorly alone as well. And something that's interesting as a theme in my life these days is isolation. And I don't know what, the answers are for that, but like, 
is is that what everything is about? You mean the th- <laughs> some of the things that you're working on in, in your work? You mean in, in, in work, your life? In work, but then like you know, you like draw the you you like do the whole diagram of like what is this fundamental thing about? And it's like oh, like I'm scared to be alone. Like that's the root of like most of the things. Like in the same way that like we talk about, you can't bring the thing that got you there with you. The pension to want to hold on to that thing is like, well, if I let this go, they might they might like let me go. Mm-hmm. If I don't pass through with this accolade, they might not allow me into this next stage. Right. Or coming onto your show, it could have been like, I have to deliver how I was in the beginning or else I might not be able to come back again. Right. But instead, every time I showed up, you're like, yeah, like whatever you want to do is like how you are. And that's cool. Well, that's just laziness on my part. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to crack the whip, but you're like, ah. <laughs> people around me were saying, you should get him to do what he did last time. It was so great. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to even look at the notes. Let's bring him out here. Let's crank this thing out. And let's get me to the grave as fast as we can. <laughs> get me to the grave. Is my new, that's my new catchphrase. <laughs> Get me to the grave. No. But you know, it's funny because I hear one of the things that is a gift to me is uh, throughout my career, I'd make these silly things with people that had nothing to do with anything that wasn't, they weren't political. They weren't based on the news. They were just uh, silly. And uh, you had this idea to take me to this spa, yeah. this Korean spa here in LA, so I took you up on it. And I don't, I think once a week, maybe, or once every two weeks, people come up to me and they love it. And I have a lot of Koreans that come up that know Mm. that you and I went to Korea together. And it's been this gift because it wasn't intentional. We just did it because we knew, you knew, you said, oh my God, if I bring this tall red haired woman to a spa (laughs) and, um, and these women walk on his back and he has to get in a freezing plunge pool and stuff. This is just going to be funny. And it was, it was really delightful and it holds up nicely after all this time. But it also was, I think helped me appreciate how much I loved going and checking out other cultures Mm. and me being the joke. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I enjoyed putting myself in situations in other countries where I'm the odd man out and they're kind of laughing at me and I don't quite get it. And um, I mean, I think if we hadn't, we did that remote and then we ended up going to Korea together and it was such, you know, we were improvising a lot. We were on, Buses. We yeah. were exhausted. Yeah, yeah. We were also dealing with uh, uh, social media in uh, in in South Korea. So hypersensitive. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they love you, but then yeah. if you do one thing yeah. that they they can yeah. feel slighted, but then if you do one other thing to correct that, then they love you yeah, again. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I remembered you were helping us navigate. Don't do that. Okay. Well, here's the rub though. I think part of the reason why, and I'm just kind of coming to this now that maybe those, those remotes and like those uh, bits kind of worked was also, I was incredibly unreliable. Yes. <laughs> like, I wasn't also not you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It wasn't like an interpreter and you, it yeah. was like, a fallible, unreliable <laughs> <laughs> guide that is mostly American also going along. But like, interesting because like, I'd be, ref- it, the, the gaze of that country would reflect off of me a little differently than you. And right. you could notice that. Really? But, what well, do you I, mean? I mean, from, if you watch it, I think you yeah. can notice it until you get to that point where you're like, hey, um, what is this dish? And I'm like, I have no clue. 
I kept kept forgetting that, wait a minute, you're a Canadian guy who went to Michigan as much as you're a South Korean. But I was like, "Uh, there's a lot of times where I'm like, Stephen, tell us about this wonderful ritual. And you're like, I have no idea. I don't know. No one explained this. Yeah, Yeah. I'll explain the the Detroit Pistons lineup to you, but I can't help you with what this monk is saying right now. Well, that's the thing too. Like it just, it gets me really interested in like, Man, like we're living such a global life now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many gazes now available for all of us to kind of consume and take in. Yep. I can't even imagine all the things that have shifted in the wake of that. Like that that we're just not even aware of. We had an amazing moment. We went to we, you and I got in a bus with my crew and we drove and drove and drove and drove and we got to the like this mm. beautiful mountaintop. I remember it was cold. It was cold in South Korea. Um, and like an idiot, I was like, right, it gets cold. I remember that from MASH. (laughs) There were episodes where they were cold. I'm like, Conan, come on. Not everything is 1970s TV. No, no, no. I remember Major Burns shivering and eating a blanket. So yes, it gets cold in Korea, but, um, it was really cold. And we went to the top of this mountain and there was a monastery Mm. and you and I went and there was, it was so I mean, it really looked the part, right. this very spiritual place. And they took us through and they were teaching us how to meditate and pray and bow. And we were, you know, uh, these monks just seemed like they had found the answer. Yeah. And I remember thinking, they figured it out. They figured out the answer. And then at one point we had a break <laughs> in shooting and one of the monks was gesturing me. He didn't speak English, but he's like, he wanted to show me something. He took me out back and he showed me their... <laughs> Their massive satellite, satellite. For, for, for streaming content. And it was just this massive dish. And then I was like, what do you watch? And they were like, oh, Breaking Bad. You know, you know we watched two, two phones. He had an iPhone and a Samsung. Yes, he had an iPhone. One phone rang and he was like, darn phone. And he went to switch it off. Because I thought, when I leave this, once I leave this temple, I shall, this, I shall throw away my phone. Because, and then, and the, and the monk is like, Damn it. Uh, And he reaches in and turns off one of his phones, but it's the wrong phone. (laughs) And then I see he's playing, you know, some game on, you know, he's, he's, Uh, he's building his uh, Sims world. (laughs) I don't know, but uh, it was a really great experience and funny. And I like experiences that humble me. And I'm, Mm. I've noticed that. And I think we're similar that way. We both could tell that we didn't quite know what was going on. Yeah. We didn't quite fit in this environment. Yeah. And uh, yet that was sort of the fun of it. That was the charge. Oh, man. I, after the kids came, that's it, right? Like submission. <laughs> right? Like that's to me. You have, just so do you have a five-year-old? Five-year-old and a three-year-old. And a three-year-old. Yeah. So you are really in it right now. So in it. Yeah. <laughs> so tired. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like sometimes there's just nothing better than like, the act of submission just to not have choices, but what's in front of you is like kind of the most beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate choices. (laughs) I agonize about them. Yeah. Like I can't decide between A or B. It's like, it's like nuclear warfare in my brain. (laughs) Our big thing is our daughter was born and it was so long. Um, she's 18 now. So this was quite a while ago, but it was so long before we could go to see a movie. And I remember I made it all about that. I just want to go to a movie. (laughs) Wouldn't it be amazing to go to a movie? And I remember like 
planning it out and my wife finally agreeing after a long time. It was about a year ago. Uh, <laughs> my daughter turned 17. No. Uh, but planning out, like, this is now we're going to, okay, yeah, she's agreed yeah. we could go see a movie. And we're in New York and we went and we saw, I chose Master and Commander. Oh, okay. And, you know, which is a great yeah, film. Yeah. And uh, we're sitting there and I could see my wife waiting throughout the whole movie to spring up like a jack-in-the-box so we could go. Which, you know, yeah. it wasn't, she wasn't just losing herself in the movie. And I was like, I love this movie, but I could tell my wife was a burning coal. I've got to get back yeah. because I created this life and I must be with it at yeah. all times. And I really respect that. Yeah. But I was like, we're gonna watch this movie to the end. And then at the very, there's the last line, which by the way is, well, I certainly am a master and commander. <laughs> Wait, Russell Crowe says that at the he end? He says that at the end. And don't check this out. <laughs> But Russell Crowe, it's weird. He turns right to Lens. It's a very controversial ending. And he says, I certainly am a master and commander. And then the first credit came up. My wife jumped out of her seat and half ran. And we were right there near the plaza, that theater that's right near the plaza uh, on the Upper East Side near the park. She leapt up and started running pretty much out of the theater to jump in a cab and I had to catch her. She was going to leave me if we didn't get back to our daughter. And uh, so, yeah, that was our last movie for quite a while. But yeah. whenever I see that movie now, I have this tension that has nothing to do with the movie. Whoa. Because it's all about that period of time when yeah. there was no... We're not going to a restaurant. Yeah, yeah, We're not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah, We're not yeah. seeing a movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, also, there's always those weird... A weird thing that happened to me recently is like my wife now started finding like her freedom. Mm -hmm. Like she's now ch chosen to like, like, oh, cool. The kids are starting school. Let me go do my thing. And like for the longest time, I was like very secure about our relationship. I was like, yeah, like I, it's all good. And then she started having her own life. And then I was like, what? Why do I feel so insecure <laughs> all of a sudden? And I realized I was like, oh, it's because there was a false sense of security because you chose to be home a lot. And it was like a predictable thing for me. Yeah. And now that you're out there doing your thing, I'm like, oh, I'm being tasked now to like let that go. <laughs> and like uh, someone said to me this where I was like, it's it's fun. to It's nice to lead because you can never be left behind. And I was oh. like, whoa. Well, what's That's, her thing? That's the other thing, because I got jealous when my wife went back to her thing, which is running a kissing booth. <laughs> <laughs> and I got jealous. Yeah. That's the dumbest thing I've said in a while. So dumb. I love it. So dumb. I'm jealous of my wife's work. Kissing. What does she do? She has a kissing booth. <laughs> Five cents a smooch. No, I um, just went and hung out with her friends. It wasn't even that thing. It was just that's like. That's what she says. Oh, that's true. <laughs> true. There you go. Now I'm spiraling. No, so weird she so said simple. that. It was so simple. And that, that threw me off in that way, which then looped back to like the source of all of my bullshit, which is like, can I, am I okay being by myself? If yeah. I choose it, I can. But if it's like placed upon me, that becomes this whole equation in my head that I got to deal with. Right. We're getting to it, guys. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're supposed this to, is good. This, is, good. I'm this sorry. is supposed to be uh, therapy in some ways. <laughs> yeah. And so, no, but I have, I've, I know that. I love, I swear to God, I think half the reason that I wanted to build this place that we're in right now is because I need a place to go mm. where people have to listen to me. <laughs> riff and uh, safe <laughs> spin out foolish 
say nonsense and um, people just roll their eyes and be like, yeah, it's a safe space for me to act like an idiot. It is. But it, for no one safe. else. I was going to say, yeah. it's not safe for everybody else. Yeah, it's an actual... <laughs> yeah, like, shut up. Harm, just uh, shut up. <laughs> just <laughs> shut up. And I have to take that. Shut up. Right, right, right. Just right. shut right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Did you know that you were going to get into film when you left. You know what was really crazy was when I left that show, I actually had no clue what was possible for me. I, I recently saw this YouTube video. I think it was like a big think video talking about how a uh, long time ago when the first guy broke like the impossible mile, yes. went, went sub sub four, right? Yep, four. Um, he, they thought that was crazy that he was some freak. And then like a week later, somebody else broke that. And then yes. a week later, somebody else broke that. And it made me think a lot about like, if you can't see it, you can't push through that. Like mm -hmm. if you can't even envision that for yourself, um, you have nowhere to go. And so I don't know how it happened, but it wasn't this conscious choice of like, oh, I'm going into film. It was more just like, I'm willing to let go of the thing that got me here mm -hmm. in its totality. Because mm -hmm. there was a lot of talk of like, <clears throat> striking when the iron's hot and they're like, you better get something now while it's like, while you're in the you're mix. Right, and right. Um, it wasn't this like, oh, screw that, I'm not doing that. It was more just like, all the things that are in pre presented in front of me, all the hot iron strikes are very literal and obvious mm -hmm. and something that felt like a repeat of what I'd just done. And so those were very simple no's. It wasn't like this agonizing decision. I was just like, uh, I did that. No, thank you. And I think just that act of saying no opened up the path to, I have no idea how I'm here now, but I couldn't envision this. I'm just doing this now. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think about that a lot. Like just five, six, seven years ago, if, if you would have asked me if I would have been able to be in these films that I've been in, I would have been like, there's no way. Like I can't even, I, I would have made up something that said like the industry would never allow me to do that. And I'm hmm. like, who would stop you? Like there's, you're just building. I mean, maybe I, I have no idea, but it, it, it felt, it became this feedback loop for me of just like stopping myself. So awesome that you got your, um, Oscar nomination and, such a great, you know, achievement for you personally. And then, of course, it was written about a lot that this was a first, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. and that you were breaking ground. Mm -hmm. And but I wondered how much of that, because uh, you're a very sensitive person who, um, you know, is about as you're a very humble and sensitive person. And I, w I wondered, was that at all tricky, the balancing act of of feeling the weight of this mantle of you are a first and you represent, you know, yeah. uh, um, a, a whole culture and a people. And you've, I could see you seeing it for the complicated thing that it is. Yeah, it was very complicated for me. Um, I don't even know if I found like a like a good resting place about that. Mm -hmm. But like, I think I think for me, how I thought about it was. First, it was a feeling of like, it feels weird to extract more value out of this. Like the accolade itself is such an incredible thing. It doesn't make sense for me to like stand up on a soapbox about it and like mm -hmm. claim it and like eat off of it. Mm -hmm. It felt like enough to just like somehow be part of the process of attaining that thing or like having that thing be broken. And then there's just going to be other people right behind me that are going to do that and like better probably. So I've, it just, it felt like 
I didn't need to like cement myself there. Right. And it may, it may have turned people off. It may have turned people off to be like, why wouldn't you like rep the community or like, or like really plant a flag? And I'm like, I'm pretty sure the flag's been planted. Like it's, it's there. Like it. Well, it's also the act of uh, the movie. I'm going to make sure I'm saying it right. Minari. Yeah, Minari. I no judgment if anybody says it. it's Minari, but like how it's like asking. No, someone, it's Minari. Yeah, it's Minari. <laughs> Say it with me. Minari. Minari. <laughs> Minari. <laughs> it's Minari. Like you can't. I'm not. Minari's. Minari's great. Minari's. Great. <laughs> I love being like, no, no, no. No, say it again. Minari is great. But um, it's it's just a great movie. It was a great story and it was beautifully told. And so to me, the triumph is the work. Mm. And then you are who you are and that means what it means. But I understand what you're saying. There's a, there's a through line here throughout the whole conversation that I respect and I understand, which is, and this is old saying that you can't, anything you can put your hands on in this life and feel you can't take with you. Mm. Uh, into the next life. And I think we do get very obsessed with accolades. Yeah. People get obsessed with, this is what I achieved. And I've, I've uh, thought that it's really good to minimize those things as much as you can and just think, was the work good? Yeah. How was the work? And yeah. th- the work there is really beautiful. Um, that That movie really moved me a lot. It felt very real and honest to me and also not manipulative. There are some movies that take me to a place, really make me care about people and then mm. kill everybody. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's powerful with yeah, a capital yeah, yeah. P. Uh, and no, this was, this was very, um, this was very nuanced. The battle always becomes like how much of a thing that you're trying to make has embedded within it and I don't want to say ego because it's so, so like overly like talked about at the point. But I, I, I mean more like how much of it like is possessed by you. It's not your like this idea is not mine. Like someone would have thought of it. Someone would have come up with it. Isaac came up with it. It just happened to be expressed in this moment through these individuals. But like I feel like certain the things that you call manipulative, I think it's because they have this tinge of being like, I want to like own the part of this moment mm-hmm. and I need you to like feel my ownership of it. So I'm going to like tell you how it this is mine and not yours. And I think the whole part of Minari, especially when I know Isaac, like Isaac is such a beautiful selfless human. He wants to invite people to the table, his table to eat. And then that's it. Like he doesn't need like payment. He doesn't need like someone to like write an essay about it. He doesn't need like any more extraction of value than just like simply enjoying this meal that you can connect to Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. And I think how that manifests with the movie was just like, we don't want any barriers of entry for people outside the culture and in the culture. I went through an immigrant experience that had its own traumas, but like there are parallels to other people's experiences with that. And like, but there's always this need sometimes when you're making something that hasn't been seen before to lay claim and ownership over that thing. Right. Because maybe you want to plant your flag that you're the first one. Yeah. And I'm like, is that, you don't want to be the first one. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, railroad that with like a better time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, cool. I beat the four minute mile, but like Usain Bolt doesn't care. Yeah. You know? Um, Right. Right. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm all that to say, like, I'm not a, selfless person. I'm incredibly ambitious as well. And I think part of where my ambition comes in is I feel like I've learned that I cannot take the boat I carved with me to the next 
place. Mm-hmm. Like I have to like completely let it go and then go make a new one. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of that. And the boat analogy is, uh, um, and I've always loved this is like the Vikings, when they showed up somewhere, they would, the first thing they do was like burn the ships. Yeah. And it meant like, we're not leaving. Yeah. Now that's over. So yes. anyone who's half their head is into, we've got to get back, you know? Yeah. So no, we're not going anywhere. Um, this, we're here now. Yeah. And if we do get back, it's because we accomplish a lot here which usually was horrible stuff. What I'm but, saying but, is but the raping really... and the pillaging has to happen first. <laughs> That's the thing I've always admired about you, especially when we were talking, when you went to Korea, I was just like, oh, you, you just go with it. Whether we're all humans. So like going with it also implies like flailing about while it's happening. Oh, I, yeah, I'm the master I, I of flailing. That, same. Um, that's my medium is flailing. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but in the end you accept the terms, yes. you know, and yeah. like, um, I know a lot of people who ha- are still caught in not accepting the terms. Right. And, um, it's, it's rough while what I watch some people go through. Um, yeah. And I can see how that I could easily go through that same thing. It's not something that's easy to not do. It's more just to say like, Oh, like we all have this desire to like grip tight to this last thing that we had. Now I know nobody knows much about this Jordan Peele film. Oh yeah. And I'm very excited. Yeah. And I also love that. I don't know mm. what's happening and that, uh, very little has been said. And to me, that feels, and it's such a, it's a compliment, but Jordan Peele's really good at it. I think J.J. Abrams is really good at it. They almost have like an old fashioned sense. Yeah. It's Ringling Brothers and Barnum and Bailey. Like, you're, wait, you're gonna, we got something for you, but you have to come into the tent when the show happens and then yes. you'll be blown away. And we have a culture that gives away way too much before yes. things happen now. Yes. I can't tell you, my kids always want to watch the trailer to a film before they watch the film. Yes. And they have them on Netflix and they'll <clears> say, look, let's watch the trailer. Yes. And they basically want to watch, they want to know what Citizen Kane is about and they want to know what Rosebud is before we watch the movie. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, just yeah. experience it. But it's, Culturally, I my think my five year old does that already. He's really? Like, Let me watch the trailer. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's right. good. Just trust. This me. is a movie I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I was nominated for an Oscar for this film. <laughs> Let's check see, out the trailer. Let me see the trailer. Yeah. There's something about the way like trailers and all these things like pull us out of like experiencing what is happening right in front of you. And I do respect deeply what Jordan's doing, which is like bringing it back. So like, remember when we were like there and paying attention at the same time mm-hmm. <laughs> and like experiencing th- something together? I really think that was like the draw of Top Gun for me. Like, I, like I, I, people, the people went bonkers for that. You can, you know, come up with a bunch of like conclusions about what that was. But like, for me, it was just like, oh, I forgot. We can all show up here, know nothing about how this is going to go and just communally watch this and yeah. like be present with all of with each other yeah, on this ride. I, I thought that was really, one thing I wasn't expecting was uh, at the top of the movie. Wait, this, uh, don't spoil it. This isn't a spoiler. Okay. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> I have a small child, so I can't get out to a movie like what yeah, you guys yeah. are talking about. I'm not going to ruin the movie. Oh, okay. I'm not going to ruin the movie I don't like that you. look in your eyes. I know, I don't believe you. Movie. You have no. a look on your face. Oh, I was shocked oh. that he doesn't fly a plane at all. <laughs> at, uh, one time, not once. Yeah. It opens with him in a hospital and he's no longer allowed to fly because of an inner ear infection and no legs. No legs. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, and uh, but it's a lot of him thinking about flying <laughs> yes. while he eats pudding. Uh, I, I'm no, in. <laughs> I, you know what I will say? I love. First of all, Tom Cruise is my age, and so a huge thing for me was like, <laughs> was practically staying in the theater because he looks amazing, mm, yeah. and he's running around and jumping into a cockpit and making out with this beautiful. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> we're still here. <laughs> we. <laughs> I know. I know. That's now listen. Cruise, trust me. I my powers of self delusion are so powerful <laughs> that when Tom Cruise is doing these things, I'm able to uh, say yes. I'm still attractive <laughs> to Jennifer Connelly. And people are like what? <laughs> Jennifer Connelly he doesn't really care about you. you. He brought you in. No, he brought me in. Uh, no, I I did think there was part of it, which is and Brad Pitt too. I'm the same age as these guys, mm. and mm. so. I know that they are genetically very different from me. I accept that. And they go to a gym uh, and probably eat properly. Yes, there are some differences, but still I'm, I root for them to keep uh, making movies mm. and uh, getting, you know, you know, having a makeout scene or a sex scene. Yeah, Cause that means shirts off. It, it just yeah. means yeah, that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm down for it yeah. too. I'm totally fine. It means my penis will work again. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's Did not I go too I, far? That's not how I'm well, the doctors it. say it won't, <laughs> but when I see that that's film, I know it can happen. <laughs> you see that you're eating pudding and go, yeah. <laughs> Just crushing Viagra into my pudding. <laughs> Something will give. God. It's got to. Something will give. <laughs> move, damn it, move. <sighs> Don't wanna. Maybe um, if you stop yelling at it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, that took a turn. Hey. <laughs> yeah. But it was nice. And also at the beginning of the film, uh, Tom Cruise. There's just a shot of him saying, "Hi, Tom Cruise here. We made this movie for you. We worked really hard on it, and I'm glad you can come to the theater and enjoy it." It was. It was. Yeah. I, I kind of got a little emotional at that. Yeah, yeah. They could have released it. They could have like had you watch it isolated in your own home, but like they saved it for the thing. Like he yeah. knew. I mean, um, yeah. I don't. I don't know what I'm scratching at, but like we're definitely uh, we're spoiling a lot. We're too aware of a lot of things. Yes, I, I know too much. I don't want to know all this stuff. So much stuff online and also streaming content and movies. And there's so much in our lives that just isn't honest. Yeah. That when you see something, it's really honest. And if that means, uh, you know, it's a puppy uh, falling into a blender. Not Excuse on. Me, not on. Oh, okay. Not on. Right. Momentarily Ooh. stunned that it fell in the blender, Ooh. but the yeah, blender's yeah. unplugged. Yes, yes, yes. And those are rubber. Uh, <laughs> rubber blades. Rubber rotors. <laughs> <laughs> But then you see it accidentally turned on. Yeah, no, okay, I'm right. sorry. Oh, no, I yeah. And the puppy is murdered. <laughs> There's a joy of discovery no. when the child runs in. Sorry, Sona, that's your own fault. And you know it. You should never have come to work for me. I know. That's terrible. Come on. Well, this has been, I mean, uh, you know, we, uh, there's no, I got to wrap it up on a puppy in a blender. Uh, (laughs) It's funny. We've always been on the same wavelength since the first day I met you, but I love your honesty and your lack of hubris about all this because you've had the kind of achievements that someone could have. And frankly, just be insufferable. And you just continue to say, this is what happened. And I'm very fortunate. I work hard. I'm talented. But I'm, I'm 
I'm very fortunate and I'm anxious now to f see what's next and what's the Thanks. next, what's the next chapter? What's going to happen next? And you're going to find out along with us, which is exciting. Yeah. That, thank you for summing. I don't even know if I could have processed that, but I don't, I don't know as much as y'all. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just well, let me tell you, it's a game show. <laughs> I'm in. And it's a really <laughs> shitty one, oh, man. but you make a ton of money. Okay. 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 <laughs> It's called Whose Vomit Is This? Oh, man. They get celebrity vomit and you have to look at it. Oh, as long as it's celebrity vomit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh, yeah. There's a lot of celery in there. <laughs> Undigested celery. I'm going to say Demi Lovato. Yes! <laughs> Someone make that show. It's a matter of time. That, yeah. that, that idea needs to be expressed through somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's do it now. Yeah. Uh, no, let's never do that. It's yeah. horrible. Okay. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much for coming Thanks in. For me. And um, very much looking forward to Nope, thank which you. is uh, coming out. When is it coming out? July, or is that a mystery as well? <laughs> July 18th is our premiere. That's exciting. I will, I'm going to, I can't. Monday? Monday, yes. Yeah. But I think maybe 22nd, July 22nd. Yeah. 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 I got to know these things. I'm That's really looking things. forward to it. Well, Thank please you. come back too, because you're, uh, you're a guy who should not just be a one-time guest. You should come back occasionally and, uh, you know. I'll come back and not be so um, serious. I like this. <laughs> no, I like this. This was good. No, 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 okay, cool. I like, I like this. And all right, I was, all right. All right. Punctuated with idiocy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Serious punctuated with idiocy describes all of my favorite Lincoln speeches. <laughs> <laughs> and Gandhi. He'd always work in some material. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. Um, thank you for having Thanks me. Thanks a lot, Stephen. That was great. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. We have something very exciting to discuss right now. Mm -hmm. One of us, I won't say which of us, it could be Matt Gorley, it could be Conan O'Brien, or it could be Sona Movsesian. One of us is about to be a published author. I can definitively say it's not me. Oh. Right. I'm not even a published reader. I'm <laughs> 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 not even sure how that joke works, but we'll do some, yeah. we'll do some uh, triage on it and figure it out. Sona, this is exciting. You have a book coming out. Tell it, us, what's the book called? It, it's called The World's Worst Assistant. Yes! yes. <laughs> I love it. Finally, vindication. <laughs> it is. I have to say, out of the three of us, it is shocking I'm the only one who wrote a book. I'm not even so. kidding. No, it no, is. It, Especially Conan with you because yeah. you're I'll get there someday you but, yeah uh, but I this book let's f focus on the book yeah you've written a book called The World's Worst Assistant yes and um, it chronicles what Sona it chronicles my time as your assistant yes thank you <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I have to say I read the book my wife read the book we both thought it was spectacular uh, you are very honest there are I some know. real you are quite honest in this book about the ways uh, in which you took advantage of my uh, of my kindness and idiocy to make that job a boondoggle for you. And and you give great advice for how people can emulate you. Well, yes? I, I think first, when I first started writing it, I think 
I thought, oh, am I going to make Conan look bad? And then when I was done with the book, I made you look great, and I made myself look horrible. <laughs> and I think I that, say I, that well, it's... no, I do. I look, I look terrible. I think that there's a lot that I have gotten away with, but I think it's a credit to you because, especially now, there's a lot of conversation about like shitty bosses, and you. Right are not a shitty boss. I make I think the fact that I could make fun of you and say things to you means that you're not a shitty boss. Oh, people will read this and go, well, what was his problem? Why didn't he fire her a long time ago? <laughs> <I know>. um, <laughs> this guy was asleep at the switch. <laughs> no, you know, I have to say, it, it, is, uh, it is very well done. The book is really well done. It's really funny. Um, and there's some s- real sweet parts in it too. And... Uh, I was very impressed. Your husband does the artwork for it, and it's really good yeah. and, and funny. Very it funny. Is. He made you look really uh, pathetic. Yes. <laughs> I spent hours posing for him. <laughs> he really captured my complete ability, my, my complete inability to uh, establish order in a workplace. Yeah, but I did I did think of how, how would I want to write a book that, I would want to read and I realized I would want cartoons in a book. So I just put a lot of cartoons and illustrations in mind and pictures. And I wrote the forward. And you wrote the forward, which is clearly just the strongest, best part of the no, whole no, book. It's a really good it, book. It, yeah. Really but I mean, book. it's, you know, it, I, I, and I talk about how my book peaked at the forward and uh, I think it's uh, very true. I think that I have a prediction that fans of this podcast, because I'm constantly meeting people who listen to the podcast, they always ask me, and it's funny, I used to get this a lot when I would, for years and years and years when I was doing the late night show or the Conan show, wherever I was, I could be anywhere in the world and people would say, where's Andy? <laughs> they thought that we traveled together and you know, if I, went in, if I walked into a men's room, they didn't know why Andy wasn't with me to take the urinal uh, you know, to my right, which is the position he's supposed to be uh, assuming. And it's the same thing now because of the podcast. I go places and they go like, well, where's Sona? Where's Matt? And I go, well, I'm taking the you know, family on a vacation in Tahiti. Why would I take them with me? But they, they insist that you, mu- you guys must be somewhere. But I think uh, fans of the podcast are going to really like the book. I, I, do. D- I do talk about the podcast because I think this is very nerve wracking. Sometimes you guys have done this a lot. Like you guys have, you've, you've performed in front of people. You've done so many podcasts, but I think I'm the odd man out having never done it. And it's very, it can be very nerve wracking, but I do talk about how I became a national speech champion. And that after that, everything else just didn't, didn't matter. (laughs) You, at what age did you become a speech champion? (laughs) No, I'm serious. I, I, I'm asking. I was 20. You were tw- yeah. When you were tw- you were 20 yeah. in, co- in college. In college. In college, you won a national speech championship. I did. And um, I remember when I first hired Sona. About a months after I hired her, you dropped that you had been a national speech champion. And then every time you and I would get into an argument, you would bring it up. Like, <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I'm a national speech champion. I'd say. I know. What does that have to do with the fact that you you embezzled $35 <laughs> or you fed gummy worms into the printer as a, as a prank? What is that? Uh, I was a national speech champion. I like yeah. that. Instead of the world deciding that you peaked too soon, you proclaim, I peaked then. That's exactly right. Takes yeah. the pressure yeah. off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I do mention how out of the podcast, my friendship with Matt Gorley started and how Aww. that's my favorite part about it. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. But also, you know... You commit crimes. 
don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And by the way, let's keep the focus on you. So. No, I mean, one of the questions is, doesn't the world's worst assistant have the world's worst boss? Mm. Possibly. Possibly. No, yeah. I... You commit crimes. Of course. You've feather. allowed this to happen. I allowed it to happen. I always thought... Uh, even at its very worst, I always thought our interaction was so funny and comical. It was, we were living out a sitcom of the, you know, everything was so upside down. Yeah. But with, in, in our relationship as assistant boss and, you know, we live in this world now where people are trying to codify, what does that mean? Um, rules in the workplace. And you and I always had a completely absurd relationship yeah. to one another. And it, and it got to the point where I thought this is great this is more important than us <laughs> yeah. setting, setting the right example for people in the world. Uh, this is just too funny. And, uh, and it, I think it's been borne out over time. Because, I think so. And I think one of the things that helps a lot is you're always you. Yeah. You're always you. And that's what I like about your book is that your book is very honest and it is really a reflection of you. Some of the things that you do that you describe in the book <coughs> may be criminal. Uh, <laughs> Did you check the statute of limitations on any of these? But uh, but it's all done with love. It's all done with uh, love and a real a joie de vivre. And yeah. I think yeah. that's what makes it so much fun. Yeah. So I, I'm encouraging people to check out the book. I'm excited for it to come out and um, excited for people to read just what you've done. That's true. <laughs> it is very true. A lot yeah. of it is has been a lot of fun, and it's it's been so much fun being your assistant and I love it and I'm going to do it till I die. I'm just going <laughs> to ride those coattails forever. That's true. Just use those perks that One I One of get. my favorite pictures that we had in the in the old office uh, was we were at, we were doing some event and it's me taking selfies yeah. with about 900 people yeah. in the background and you're in the foreground not helping me at all <laughs> drinking the largest pour of Chardonnay you've ever seen. Someone put half a bottle of Chardonnay into a glass and you are enjoying it so much and I'm in the background working my ass off. There it is. I love that photo. There it is. There it is. Let me see. Oh, there it is. Oh, and look at your face. Your face is kind of like, hmm. oh, I hope he's okay. <laughs> oh my God. My, no, my friend we gotta post had that. me sign it. Yeah. I know. I got to find the clean version. Yeah, go to Team Coco Instagram. We're going to find the clean version of it. Yeah, but it, it is. Uh, and uh, Team Coco podcast Instagram. So tell us when this book is going to be out and where people can get it. This book comes out July 19th, comes out tomorrow. Right. And it's available everywhere. Your independent bookstores, your your Amazon, your Barnes and Noble. I mean, it's everywhere. Gas stations, uh, airport kiosks. Okay. I don't know. I'm just saying things now. I don't know where to them. buy books. Mm. I didn't think you did. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's shocking I wrote one. <laughs> so I am doing three events. Uh, one of them is in Seattle. That's t tomorrow. One of them is in LA and Matt Gorley is moderating. Yes. And then uh, the another event is in San Francisco on the 21st. Yeah. I don't think you gave dates for two of those, did you? Oh, the 19th Seattle, <laughs> July 19th Seattle, July 20th Los Angeles, July 21st San Francisco. That's so great. I can't. Do you, want to, do you want to get the word out on your events? Yep. I'm going to be in the Western Hemisphere. Then I'm going to be in the Southern Hemisphere. And then I'll be sort of towards Europe. Anyway, I'll this. see you there. I hate this so much. No, you don't. No, I really 
kind of do. I'm not even joking. I really hate. But Matt, Matt is moderating one of those events for me, the one in L.A. on the 20th. And I, uh, I thank you for doing that, Matt. So That's crazy. So nice. I didn't get the invite. Well, okay. Oh yeah. Uh, We're just going to use the whole session to shit talk. What going. if you two realize how much you prefer just talking to each other without me? And what if it instantly becomes far more successful? And we realize that I've been an anchor. I've been an albatross on this the whole time. We do a new podcast called Just We Have Friends. We are friends. We don't need friends. We're pals. Yeah, Yeah, it's just the chill chaps. It's it's called Sona and Matt are emotionally mature adults. (laughs) And it just buries this podcast. So much more popular. Hey, I love the podcast. Thanks a lot. No, not yours, Conan. The most mature one. God, it's so good. To listen to real adults whose brains have formed naturally. Oh, we're only adults yeah. relative to you. I don't think relative to the rest of the world. Yeah, though. you don't set the bar that high. Yeah. You know, I just was out in the hallway and saw Jack McBrayer tried to bite him. <laughs> oh, no. God. And he said, sir, stop biting at me. <laughs> Proof that I should be locked up. Well, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you very the much. The book, again, is called... The World's Worst Assistant, and Forward is written by you. And so. uh, the book by Sonam of Sessi. By me. And uh, art by... Uh, by Tak Baroyan, my husband. Very cool. Congratulations. congratulations. Thank you, guys. Thank you for your support. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam of Sessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been... A Team Coco production in association with Earwolf.